It's a good show. Welcome to your making it worse. We're here. We're queer. Who cares? I'm Elliot Glazer, and I'm Brent Sullivan, and I'm H. Allen Scott. We're sort of like the lazy queer eye of the Fab Five. Yeah, except I got twenty twenty. Textual healing. So the age of the twink is a thing now. Uh, it was a New York Times article written by this guy Nick Haramis. And so he wrote about what a... Okay, so we should preface this by saying what a twink is, yeah. uh, is a type of gay... Uh, it's a gay... People ask me to define it, and I always have trouble. It's I guess hard. I, I think of, like... I personally think of, like, a skinny yeah. white guy, I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think it's a femme thing, necessarily. I literally think it's a hairless, skinny... Yeah. Guy. So this so this writer wrote about uh, twinks in the New York Times, mm. um, and he referenced people like <laughs> <You> chuckle Timothy <laughs> because Tim- I, I have more to say. You know, obviously with Timothy Chalamet from Call Me by Your Name, Zac Efron, kind of Troy Sivan, who's that who's a singer yeah. now. Um, yeah, yeah. Adam Rippin. Adam yeah. Rippin. Right. Um, Ali Alexander, and I think he included Jaden Smith to squeeze in one person of color. Sure. But obviously, yeah. Uh, so he was talking about um, that there. This being this moment uh, for for quote twinks, um, he says uh, they are more culturally mainstream. A growing cohort of famous and famously small boys who stand in opposition to the lumbering, abusive oafs who have been dominating this year's headlines. He says today. Gay twinks such as Ali Alexander of the band Years and Years and Troy Sivan feel less costume. Uh, and Troy Sivan was on SNL recently, and when he was performing, his shirt was blown open by a wind machine, his whole mien charged with sex. <laughs> but there seems to be a safety in his slimness, both for the artist to express himself and for his countless questioning teenage fans. See, this I do hate when anyone, New York Times or any sort of journalist or something, reads so much into literally something anything this reads like he had a quota that he had to meet of articles for the month and this is what he pulled out of his ass (laughs) but but unfortunately it becomes Fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to categorize it. became it, a thing because it's it the fucking New York Times. And, so he, right. he, and he even says, see, again, like you're saying, I agree with you completely that he's trying to milk some sort it's of because meaning of Trump. out of it. It's because of Trump. Big oafish men. All of a sudden, tiny, tiny wayfish men are in. It's like, fuck <laughs> off. He says, it's like he doesn't know. Ex, ex, well, tiny said, wayfish men were big in the, in the 90s with XY magazine. magazine. He talks Although about that. He, Tom Cruise is built. And so. he talks about how it was sort of an, he says it's an aesthetic legacy established by Ryan McGinley, the photographer's mm-hmm. turn of the millennium photographs of the sloppily skinny art twink, quote unquote. He also says, and this I think is so like lame as fuck, he goes, these twinks, <laughs> after all, aren't just enviably lean boys or the latest unrealistic gay fantasy, but a new answer to the problem of what makes a man. Oh, I fuck off. I, my mouth <laughs> dropped when I read so, that. So this, I hate this. Yeah. Like, so there's th- something that happens within the gay community where we are obsessed with with like putting people into pockets based on their aesthetics. So this this yeah. article and the, same makes with me, women too. Yes, sure. but this article makes me so mad because. It reminds me so much of what you were just talking about, Alan, which is the idea of 
in and in and of itself, him referring to a type of body as something as a political movement, and again, as if Timothy fucking Chalamet or Troy <laughs> Sivan are skinny because they. Are or that, of the zeitgeist, or that they're successful yeah. for that, and exactly. that's not why. And it's always been so frustrating to me because I was never super skinny. I'm not necessarily humongous, but you know, I'm I, I'm you're a normal sized human being, right? But I can tell you that like th- this type of article and this type of like way of thinking is so pervasive, and it's and, and frankly, it's dangerous. It's, I think it's, it's the so kind of dangerous. It's, it, 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 yeah. it, it, it takes this idea, just like with you know, for me, you know, growing up, I never felt like necessarily a bear, but I was always a bigger guy and I was hairier, and but I also was pretty effeminate, and and I felt very sort of not identifying with that community, and. I struggled for so long figuring out who the fuck I am and where I am, and I never got the idea of like identifying with a woodland creature. Yeah, and right. so I <laughs> or I just, a mink, as I call myself. Or I just, so I just fucking was myself and didn't have any yeah, of this. Yeah, but you have the strength and capacity to do that. Yeah. I've always found this such a such an incredibly difficult road to take or, or, or challenge to take on. Because it's so, it, it's 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 all it's literally about something you really can't control. Yeah, I right. mean, you really can't control how your how far your so bones are. We, yeah, we've talked about this before. I find this fascinating. One of my favorite things to do is to go back and look at like uh, porn or just pictures of like good-looking guys from the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s. I mean, if this sounds like this a bizarre jerk-off fantasy, I mean, just like you know, you'll see like a picture of a muscle man from the 20s with like those those big round like yeah, circular yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, barbells. And you see old movie people, stars that had right, normal sizes. People, even like fit, athletic, virile men, looked like Burt Reynolds. Yeah. Until I think the turning point was Brad Pitt and Fight Club. And we mm. talked about this recently. Mm-hmm. I think Brad Pitt and Fight Club became the ultimate example of, you know, fit dude. And now it's almost like everyone is, whether you're thin or or, or tall or, or meatier or whatever, everyone's trying to aspire to having visible abs and a, a lean, muscular body. And it's just impossible. I will say, like, you know, yeah, I, I totally see your point, and I do think that there's sort of like a homoeroticism that Brad Pitt allowed to come into the mainstream, and the way he—I'm not blaming pushed. him, but I'm no, just but I know what you mean. I know what movie. you mean. They did that intentionally. They marketed right. him in that way because he was there was that crossover appeal that he had, and he also was very friendly to gay dudes. He was very openly a gay activist. So like, oh, right. he you know he played that role. That said. That that perfect body type of being light-haired, kind of Aryan, thin. My, my therapist it goes calls back, it a, Nor- a Nordic. Nordic, whatever. Nordic it thing. goes back to even before James Dean, but James Dean's a great example of, or you have, you know, Tad Hunter, or you have all these sort of like model-type guys who had Brad Pitt's physique, who became these sort of icons. And mm-hmm. it's because, well, we live in a society where tall, thin, built, blonde, is what you aspire to be. But, but I think Brent's point, I think it's actually, I think it's different because when you think back to like, what's his name? N- Annette Funicello and Frankie Avalon? Yeah, yeah. Like these like, I mean, Brent has heard me say this many times, but I feel like I would fit in really well at like a beach bingo 50s <laughs> romp. Like my body would be appreciated in but, that way. But would you feel appreciated with like, you know, the gay dudes of Fire Island in the 1970s? Would I? Yeah. I think I would because 
it doesn't seem like there was such a strict focus yeah. on I hate saying this but cum gutters and yeah. and a, you there, know a six a, pack. I feel like there's a certain aesthetic that I think is 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 a phenomenon within the last 15 or 20 I years. Completely I completely agree you and I think a lot of it's 70s? I think it's no, also like, so clearly I think it's so distinctly related to um fashion in the in the mid 90s before Brad Pitt I think it was the yeah. way that fa- it's I mean again I'm not a, f- a student of fashion but you look at like the way that people were iconicizing anorexic heroin chic yeah. mm-hmm. and it was such a But they had that in the 60s with Twiggy I mean this like not with but not with men yeah, but, no, but even with men you had the men you had you had like you know the even even James Dean was sort of seen as sort of the anti movie star because he was a little bit thinner and smaller more vulnerable to the Clark Gables and the but it's not, Cary Grant, it's not this cut. But I mean, and, that, and that's that's my, that's the point. I I definitely hear what you're saying, but. Mm. James Dean is a really good-looking guy, but you can tell. I don't know if I've ever seen a ton of shirtless pics. I'm sure I've seen a couple, but like he you can tell. But it's not. Again, I'm I'm talking about how like when I go on Instagram, and this is by the way, I'm not criticizing a soul for yeah. this. I just, as someone who peruses lots of gay guys on Instagram and shit, there is an aesthetic that a lot of people I aspire to Instagram. that is. That is Un, just unrealistically I think thin the, and ripped. I don't necessarily. And I, th- I see it in a lot of actors. But I, and, I don't think. I don't think it was necessarily a cultural movement. I do think the internet and Instagram and the sort of everyone can be a celebrity. I think that is what really started this obsessive nature with sort of like isolate and especially because of the internet, gay people became more out. That it, we became this sort of obsessive need to put people into categories and pockets and tag. Words and all these fucking things you have to be on the 110%, internet. 110%. And, and it's so unfortunate. And it's so belittling. And for an article, for someone in the New York Times to write about the age of the twink as if it's some era based based on Timothy Chalamet's fucking <laughs> right. body and wa- and waist size. <laughs> and then, and by the way, like that to me is insane and is, a re- and is honestly a reason that I felt so gross and weird for so many years because there was... This, you know, well, the, 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 the Abercrombie of it all was this yeah. tan, Nordic, hairless person. Yeah. And I just wasn't that. But well, also, let's, let's to, broaden it a little bit. Well, I was going to say, Mikkel yeah. Street, this writer, he wrote in Them, and he's black. And he said, black men are only allowed to embody extremes. So through the face of black masculinity, and though the face of black masculinity has begun to change and become more multidimensional in pop culture, even that is a recent phenomenon. And to say we live in some sort of golden heterosexual age of hairless, skinny legends, and to extend that into commentary on how this, quote, new era is a response to female-driven untangling of toxic masculinity is nuts. Yeah. Because... Different, ty- I mean, different ethnicities have different types of bodies, and this, again, just it's another fucking. I mean, we look box. at Asian. We fetishize. I, I didn't like. I, I think I just mentioned before. I did an article a couple of years ago on sort of the sexual assault rates amongst Asian gay men, and and how it's so huge because we fetishize gay Asian gay men in such a way of being sort of submissive and smaller and sort of feminine and mm-hmm. more vulnerable, and even gay me- and Asian gay men. Because it's, you know, their sexual identities sometimes adopt these stereotypes because it becomes a part of their sexual experience. And there's, not, there's nothing wrong with that. But we haven't gotten to a place where there were the white man who can't separate the sexual fetishization right, of the right, right. of the Asian gay man and the him and the, and the gay gay man using that to sort of appeal to the white yeah, man, yeah. but also that it's just a sexual thing and to respect that Asian gay man as an equal man. Yeah. 
This, this is why I hate I hate the term Gaijin. Gaijin yeah. rice cream. The most condescending. Gaijin is unreal. When, when it blows me away. It blows me away too. Yeah. And I just think that this this article is so fucking irresponsible and so stupid and ludicrous because it continues to propel this idea that your body is. It's one thing. Yeah. And yeah. Um, Ira Madison, he, he wrote in the Daily Beast that the culture... I mean, it's, he's, it's hilarious. He says, the idea that a body type is what makes a man capable of sexual assault and the image of a slim white male will somehow counteract women's trauma is wildly ludicrous. Mm-hmm. And it's true. Yeah. The, 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 even the, the positioning of... Again, Timothy Chalamet or Troy Sivan <laughs> yeah. as as leaders in this as mo- leaders movement. In a- what are you talking <laughs> Bill about? Bill Cosby had too much pudding going on. He had to drug his <laughs> right, victim. Right. It's just like, like it's, it's so fucking infuriating to me because again, it limits. Yeah. And again, I'm sorry. Like when you say twink, you're not talking about to a straight people. No, no straight guys don't know what fucking twinks know what it are. Is. Yeah. And so when I see this shit, it drives me fucking crazy. I just, I every young believe... gay person knows what he's talking exactly. about, and they only read the fucking headline. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I just can't believe <laughs> that the editor of the New York Times I wasn't know. like, hey, let's pass yeah, on this one. I don't know. I don't know. So, so, well, so what's it's because the internet is about clicks. And, yep. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, this one's trash. This one's trash. But and it was probably just for the web. It probably wasn't in the paper. I think it was in the paper, yeah. Was it? Yeah, in the style section. Oh. It just sucks so much. And the fact that they, un- sorry, but the fact that they like squeezed in a Jaden Smith reference is like, you know, yeah, what's, one okay, thing I've always sure. thought was really interesting. I, uh, obviously there's been this sort of emphasis on women models being unnaturally thin yeah. for decades. Yeah. I, to this day, uh, whenever I ask my straight friends what they prefer in women, I I have never met one straight guy who says he likes very thin women. Never, I never kn- once. I know it's it's I, it's always dudes. I, the do straight Everyone dudes I know, I know always like oh I like a little meat. I've, yes, I've heard the term I like a little meat. Yes, literally hundreds of times from my friends. The, yeah, and and yet it's it's. It's like it's talked about like you're going to win a Nobel Peace Prize yeah. if you put that in your magazine. Do you think? Something. Well, do you think they're? I mean, I, I, this is just again playing devil's advocate. Do you think they mean that, or are they just saying that because that no, is the societal? No, I think they mean it. Is oh. that well? But wait, hear me out. That's the societally sort of accepted thing to to say, and yet their actions perhaps speak differently. No, I mean, I I'm, I know the guys that I know who have, who have asked or talked about that with. They're not like, they're not. Uh, they're not. It's not artificial. They're like, yeah, I like a woman with like yeah. breasts and yeah. like yes. a little, you know, yes. little meat. I, on her I, I, I would say I wonder what like a woman who's a little bit larger would say to that. Yeah, sure. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that she's lying and it's easy, <laughs> you know, or whatever. But you know, yeah. I, 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 I'm just saying in my experience when I ask my straight friends what they like, then yeah, they always tell me. Not super skinny people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as long as they don't say like. But, I, I mean, you don't have friends who say like "but donk a donk" or "junk I've, in the trunk." I've never met anyone. Okay, who's but like donk a donk. That's you know Missy Elliott. And oh yeah, but I don't like I don't like when people say "but donk a donk." But "junk in the trunk" is also really repugnant coming out of anybody's mouth at this point. Sure. Yeah, I, that's like two thousand one. I don't know what. <laughs> Whenever you're I hear "junk about. in the trunk," I just assume that means diarrhea. <laughs> that's because. You have I have a lot of diarrhea, yeah. That is a <laughs> great place to end. <laughs> Not even joking. 
Well, Danny Pellegrino is here, and he's the host of the podcast Everything is Iconic. Danny, thanks for being here. Hi, thank yeah. you so much for having me. I'm oh, obsessed yeah. with your Instagram. <laughs> oh my God, you guys are so I mean, sweet. I said this when you walked in, but I'm going to gush on air. I'm obsessed with your Instagram. It is literally... It's besides, the best. It's just the best Instagram. Uh-huh. Well, the way I discovered yeah, you yeah, was... Do you want to explain, Ellie? Well, yeah, but let me, I, the way I discovered you was um, when the poster came out for, I guess it was uh, Coachella... Oh, was it Coachella? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh I remember yeah. you doing this. I just yes. Coachella. You took the my act, own lineup. The design, <laughs> right? The design of the Coachella lineup of that poster that people were sharing, and you put your own lineup yeah. in. Yes. And from what I can remember, it included uh, Tyne, Tyne Daly. <laughs> well, well actually, it's actually changed. So I did it a few years ago, and I okay. updated. It was like Lisa Rinna was this year, right? <laughs> did, I Lisa think Rinna? Rinna was on it. Yeah. I, like. Uh, Salem the cat from Sabrina the Teenage yes. Witch, like yeah. the nanny, sure. like, yeah. but like really good, more deep ridiculous, cuts. like yeah. really good. I watched deep the nanny cuts. last night. Oh wow, <laughs> it was great! You know what I just watched? Unwatchable. No, it's so good. It's so good. I just watched rewatched Beautician and the Beast. Oh, oh yes, wow. which is my like, boyfriend Michael watched uh, that. He texted me a photo of it like two days ago. Like, He's obsessed with it. How yeah. many people watch Beautician and the Beast? <laughs> I, the Beast? Not that yes, many. I watch it. <laughs> Apparently, regularly. two people in the past week. <laughs> well, uh, yes, two people that I know in a room of four people. Two people watch it. That means fifty percent. Three, four billion people watched Beautician yeah. yeah. and the yeah. Beast, statistically speaking, <laughs> yeah. worldwide yesterday. Oh, my God. Yeah. Last so, so, okay, so your podcast and, and uh, is called Everything is, is Iconic. Everything Iconic. No, oh, it is, but oh, yeah. Everything yeah. Iconic. Okay. Yeah. Same thing, though. So some of the topics that you cover are, and I'm just throwing these out there from just, you know, mm-hmm. as an, uh, uh, an observer, Wendy Williams, <laughs> The View, Mariah Carey. Drag Race, Hocus Pocus, Nicole Richie, Countess Luann, Lisa Vanderpump. Hocus so, so it's, Pocus. It's like real mask. It's yeah. nostalgia meets gay, and it's all a little askew, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of like Bravo Housewives stuff. And yeah. then I always say like, then general pop culture, which always skews gay. I'm gay, so it's yeah, like yeah, I yeah. like all this stupid, silly stuff. And um, but it's a little bit of everything. I what do I, you think and, about like about some of these things that are uniquely gay, even though they aren't necessarily gay at all? What makes them so pop culture gay? Pop culture gay. Wow. Um, I think they're all things that maybe don't get enough coverage mainstream wise. Mm. So like, I always feel like gay people are sell are extra loud in their celebration of these things because they don't feel like mainstream culture is celebrating them enough. So it's something like I, I was just talking to a friend about uh, Megan Trainer, mm. and I, <laughs> so great. but I, I feel Megan like Trainor. she gets enough. Ugh. Like she's she's yeah. basic yeah. enough. But she also gets enough press, so it's like gay, gays don't, don't need, need a rally her. behind her. Right? Yeah. Her. Like and Carly Rae Jepsen does need. Oh us. yeah, we, right. she it's does need like us. I'm You're always, right. I'm always pushing Enya on the podcast. Yeah, Brent is a no big one, Enya, oh. Enya guy. No one likes Enya, but, except but to, for my but, dad and I. But to take, but I like, think it's going to stay that way. But the thing is, like, <laughs> I like Enya. When, like I. When we were at karaoke once, Brent and I have always joked about loving Enya, and I like Enya. Brent actually loves Enya. But we were at karaoke, and he sang Orinoco Flow, and I'm watching him sing, which is hilarious, and the lyrics are such gobbledygook. They don't make they're any go- sense. gobbledygook. And I actually like fell in... I was like, this is incredible. And so I developed this like <laughs> sort of detached, ironic, but not really love for mm-hmm. Enya yeah. because of Brent, but... you Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like your podcast and the stuff that you cover... Is from a sort of, I, 
not ironic, but like winky, winky. Yeah, there's a wink and a nudge. For yeah, sure. there's a wink and a yeah. nudge where we can talk about. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, I think everyone. Um, well, originally when I came up with the idea, everything iconic, it was because I was looking at a Britney Spears picture of corn. <laughs> she had posted. <laughs> you know how, like, her, if you've seen her Instagram or her Twitter, she randomly posts pictures. Yes. Like that, she just Google image searches, and then yeah. they'll just post them. Anyway, underneath <laughs> it, there was like ten different gays that were commenting. Or I mean, yeah, I'm. Pretty sure they were all gay. Yeah, <laughs> they were. We all, can assume that there was like ten comments right underneath the first ones that were like iconic. This is iconic. Iconic one on the cup. <laughs> and I, the natural human instinct is sort of say, "Oh, enough with that word. Yes. It's like so annoying. Like we're done wow. with it." And I just thought, you know what? Why don't we just? It, it's great that people are celebrating this such a stupid thing, like a picture yes. of corn. Yeah. And but people are getting behind it. Well, <laughs> but I think something you are celebrating it and clenching in their a, fists and getting behind it. Right? Yeah. yeah. No, see, I think you're celebrating it in. A in a smart way and it's a little bit to me more elevated above this just diehard fangasm for Britney Spears and I don't, I don't even well there's you know. something yeah. I was talking I was I mentioned Michael before I was talking to Michael earlier because we were going over you being here and I was saying that, that there's something about your Instagram and your podcast I'm, I'm list, I look at your Instagram more yeah. and how dare that, you that, that, that <laughs> it's almost like John Waters level yes. sort of respect oh. and tongue in cheek for the things that are so campy and weird and like like the corn Britney Spears like why is that even a thing yeah. but yet John Waters would see the beauty and a ridiculousness in that and then want to amplify it and yeah. I, I I think you do that with your podcast and well, Instagram first of all thank you so much I love John Waters yeah. uh, but second of all I think that the audience is smart enough to know when I'm celebrating something that is very uh, uh, amazing clearly amazing like yeah. someone who's very talented who you can see their talent yeah. and it's mm. evident and then I think they also know when I'm celebrating like something Countess Luann yeah. <laughs> yeah I was just gonna no, say not- Countess Luann for the opposite it's yeah. like the, the opposite yeah when yes. you when I'm celebrating someone like her and I do look at half of me. It's like a devil and angel. Half of me is loves Countess Luann for the ways that uh, uh, my mom in Ohio would like her, <laughs> yes. like in a very simple, just human digest, human uh, um, consumption way, where there's yeah. no thought behind it. And then the other part of me is uh, loves it ironically, and and so it's like a, that. It's a balance of both of those. And yeah. so I think everything that I celebrate, whether it's uh, because it's a great art or because it's the worst art ever, yes. but I'm I. It's, it's you- something loves. Do you think, like, do you think that the 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 meaning and appreciation of camp has changed? Because we were we're taught, like, as gay guys, that like we love camp. John Waters mm-hmm. loves camp. Divine is camp. Like, there's a love for camp. Liza Minnelli. It's all camp. Do you think that like camp has changed or morphed? I mean, I'm only saying it as someone who. Think I I personally do think that there's this like you have your brand is an understand is a very smart and astute understanding of things that aren't campy but could be campy. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Like Countess yeah. Luann is yeah. uh, she's mind boggling to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's because I don't know who that is. so why is this Countess Luann from Real Housewives of New York? So why do you think then this this sort of 
the iconicness of this camp has become, and in a way, sort of gay camp has become so mainstream. Then, gosh, I mean, I think social media now. Uh, I think the internet changed in a way, specifically with with Instagram. And you mentioned my Instagram, it, where yeah. it morphed from people posting pictures of themselves and their family members to yeah. people creating their own content, whether that be memes or just posting simply yeah. like a movie poster of a ridiculous movie from the past. Yeah. And so it's like social media gives you that visual outlet to celebrate these you know quote unquote campy things or mm-hmm. to create camp almost I mean we mentioned Beautician and the Beast yeah. and I feel like that wasn't mention it again I you know <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a movie that is campy yeah. and uh, you know 10 years ago that movie would have just gone off the radar I don't think that would have been celebrated or known as camp mm-hmm. even in camp circles yeah well, I'm getting camp like so a yeah. modern ph- uh, I would imagine it's a modern thing because, like, did did people in the fifties appreciate campy Great things question. from like yes. the twenties? Yes, they did. I mean, yeah, camp. I, I mean, it's not so you much camp. So? Camp isn't necessarily a nostalgic thing because what what he's being campy about is not nostalgia. It's modern things, things that are happening in the mm-hmm. moment right now. It's camp has always been around. You go back to like even you know Fanny Bryce days of sort of like Broadway, mm-hmm. and yeah. she was this obnoxious. Yes, very much a Jewish stereotype, but this obnoxious Yiddish sort of woman. It's not who, very well, <laughs> well, then how would you define but camp then? I just I don't know. I think camp is anything that's a maybe a little bit absurd. It, it comes from sort of like a vaudeville absurd comedy sort of thing where it's a little bit out there, but you love it, and also goes over the mainstream's heads. So yeah, like something. You know, I, I just said my mom in Ohio again, <laughs> but it's like something that would go over her head. Like she wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to understand any sort of layer of humor to it. Yeah, I think because of gay <laughs> culture, my mom's great too, by the way. <laughs> but I think, I think because of the internet and gay culture, there's now this packaging of things to be camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's not. The, I, I'm always just like I call bullshit. I call bullshit on a lot of the way mm-hmm. Bravo edits stuff. Yeah, I call uh, bullshit on the way. In what way? Explain that. Because I just you just see that they're trying to edit it so that you're like, uh like like they, they edit Countess Luann to look terrible. Yeah, of course. And the and, and that's a very purposeful thing. But she and also it, gives them a lot of things to make her exactly. look Exactly. Yeah. So does that mean that, that, <laughs> that she chicken and egg, it's exactly yeah. and I don't think she's in on the joke. And maybe she is at this point, but if you watch something like a, a reality show from ten years ago, fifteen years ago, yeah. even there's nobody's try, nobody on a nothing, nobody's trying trying to make a tote bag with their exactly. quote on it. Nobody's or, yeah. trying to <laughs> pillow mer, to like yeah. uh, 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 put together something winky winky. Mm-hmm. And They're now just you're be- seeing it every even on every, Drag Race, exactly on Drag Race, yeah. with, and facts or facts or whatever that dude. People says. are waiting to be yeah, turned into like, a gif. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really crazy. Yeah. Um, and when I was on your podcast, we talked um, ad nauseum uh, because <laughs> yeah, I could talk about it forever. But like The View. <laughs> yeah. We could talk about, oh, I could talk forever. to you about The View yeah. forever yeah. because that to me, I love stuff that is technically not even supposed to be campy. It's supposed to yeah. be serious. Mm-hmm. There's no like humor attached to it. And The View is one of those shows where it's not supposed to be. It's it's supposed to be a morning talk show with five women at a table. And it's supposed to be about, like, politics. Exactly. And I've never once been able to describe why I love The View, because I watch it every single day, and I have for years. Same. And Elliot came on the show, and he was so brilliantly Mm -hmm. able to convey why. Very eloquent when it comes to The View. Yeah. 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 Literally, the amount of videos that he texts me (laughs) about moments from The View. It's like, you know how, like, um, uh, uh... 
um, you know, people like Eskimos in Alaska have like 50 words for snow. Yeah. Elliot's vocabulary for the view is like thousands of words. The reason I like it is because the show is not meant to be campy, but it's such a train wreck every day uh-huh. because it's, for whatever reason, even though there is chemistry among the women, it's very awkward. And I think what's so interesting about the show is that they're trying to fill the role of a morning talk show. Yeah. They're trying yeah. to fill that a, role, I, I, but it's a, it's a square trying to go into a circle mm-hmm. because Whoopi's eccentric and out of her mind. Yeah. Joy is like on another. Only, yeah, sometimes Joy does not want to be there. Like it's, half the time, it's she's crazy. Like, yeah. yeah, and that's I, why it's a train wreck. I do every have to piggyback day. off that and ask about another daytime talk show, yeah. Wendy Williams. So what? Because I love Wendy. Well, you know, I, I, I love, love the View, but love, I'm more like yeah. Wendy Williams. I have a love hate with Wendy because she's very problematic. Sometimes. Of course, she very is. much. Like, so. Very much. But I also respect that she just commands a full fucking show. Yeah, <laughs> just sitting in a purple chair. Literally, <laughs> that that to me is camp. I think they're yeah. built. It's like build as camp. Wendy knows. She looks ridiculous, bizarre, yeah. and they they yeah. exploit that on purpose, <laughs> yeah. which I don't think is the way like Sally Jesse Raphael. No, or whatever she was. did it with sending those kids to boot camp. You have to have, you have to have an X factor though to be able to sit for uh, her hot, top segment, hot topics is yeah. like twenty minutes. Twenty or minutes, and that's it's the first that's twenty actually, minutes of her show. Yeah. That's an interesting mo- comment because I was always obsessed with Sally Jeff- Jesse Raphael Same. Mm-hmm. because she was so plain. And I couldn't wrap my head around why her show caught caught on. I didn't know mm. why anyone would want to watch Kelly Jesse I mean, Ruffin. There's a thing. I, I now, I'm I'm obsessed with I daytime love how TV. Says I always have been. I skipped the last day of school to see the the premiere of the Rosie O'Donnell I, show. I'm right. obsessed with Rosie O'Donnell. Same. I grew obsessed up with, that. Yeah. with Rosie. I have to yeah. show you a DM chain with Rosie O'Donnell. I, I could also say that like Rosie was so great. What what I love. I was just talking about this. Uh, she uh, celebrated pop culture in a way that yes. no one's doing now. One hundred percent. And I feel like we need. That's what daytime is missing. Yeah. And Rosie the only o- one that even sort of comes close, and I, I don't think he does. <laughs> but Andy Cohen sort of barely, has a, a, barely, a pop culture, a little bit. But I, he doesn't even seem to. Rosie had this thing. Out. Like people compare what Rosie did in the '90s to what Ellen's doing now, and it's different because no, totally Ellen, different. Ellen mm-hmm. exists and lives and acts as if she is a celebrity, whereas Rosie mm-hmm. never once yeah. did that. Rosie yeah. was this sort of like a fan. She was yeah. always she wore a performance fan. fleeces and, as she has a host. She was all, of but a show. no, but even bigger than that. Before, before uh, more than the absurd things, her as a and as an entity, as a personality, she was a huge fan and she cared yeah, she was totally. obsessed with the interview she wanted to ask the things we wanted to know she would lead up a week before Barbara Streisand would come on and there would be a countdown yes. or Tom yeah. Cruise it was a be right. a giddy countdown. thing that she had you know I interviewed Bonnie Hunt on yesterday yeah. shut stream. I know it's a name, that's a name shut. drop do you remember the Bonnie Hunt show oh, oh. Her, <laughs> yes of course does Joni love Chachi yes yeah. <laughs> I love I love her I, I worship her Bonnie but Hunt's she everything. was telling me with her talk show she had a talk show for I think yeah. was it two or three I don't it, know was it was two seasons two yeah yeah. And she was saying when she did it, they wanted the Ellen thing of they wanted viral moments. And yeah. she just wanted to talk to people. She yes. genuinely yeah. had interest in people. But she said they were kept uh, kept pushing her to create these online viral moments. They mm-hmm. kept saying, you need to scare people on TV. She's like, I'm yeah. not scaring people. Right. You know, with Ellen That's does that she now. She do. does it all the time where somebody hides behind the couch <laughs> and then fucking yeah, jumps it's out. Bizarre. It's the lowest form of comedy, yeah, but it, for some reason, yeah. like, it works. It works. It works. And Ellen's, gr- Ellen's super talented I at love that Ellen. lane. Yeah. Wait, all right. So does the Pine Saw Lady count as camp? <laughs> yeah, I yeah, think so. She yeah. counts, she right? She was on my Coachella lineup, actually. Yes, she was. I'm getting it. I'm getting it. I'm Figuring it out. And the thing about Brent is that he's always had a, like, without even knowing it or choosing to do it, Brent has always had a very, uh, 
a skew, not skewed, but a unique taste for YouTube rabbit holes or yeah. Wikipedia yeah. searches, and and that has always read to me as. You know, it's very just—it's very um, instinctive of him. It's—it's—he's not putting it on. Mm-hmm. It's not yeah. artificial. Mm-hmm. He's not trying to be weird. I don't I love... share courtroom brawl videos with everyone. <laughs> Literally, yeah. I mean, he watches like beheading videos. <laughs> yeah. Who watches beheading videos? But see, I, I love anyone that's gonna it, anyone that loves something unapologetically and not because yes. everyone else is doing it. If they By just the way, genuinely exactly. are attracted to some ridiculous thing, it's a—it's an amazing personality trait because yes. it means you're so brave and able to go against the grain. And he's not yeah. doing yeah. it for wait, wait, let me wait, real quick. I don't. Love beheading. Okay, videos. but anyway, yeah, I, know. I wanted to. As soon as you continue, said that, I wanted to like stop you. I was. Gonna I just want to ask. Can I? Can I come on your podcast and talk about Rosie for an please? hour? I would love please. that. I'm dying to talk to someone about that. Rosie. I actually know. I've talked about her a lot on my show because I, I grew up. But with that have you talked to someone who knows just as much as you about Rosie? Uh, um, well, talking to Bonnie truly was very interesting. Getting her take on the Bonnie and or the Ellen versus Rosie stuff, and Bonnie had she talked about because she was a guest on Rosie's show, and she was saying at Rosie's show you would get there and know who you would know if Rosie liked you and if she didn't like you, you would know how the interview would go. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. So okay, I, 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 I was, was so going to say something more. that I think is is because I, I thought you made such a great point a, a moment ago. Because I, f- you're talking about how it's like sort of an auth- it's an authentic glimpse into someone's psyche and mm-hmm. personality when they have unabashed interests and tastes in these kind of weird, quirky, off whatever things. Mm-hmm. And I find it so, it's it's, and maybe this is me being punitive and ridiculous as as I always am. But like, I'm so disappointed when I meet someone who likes the things I expect them to like. Exactly. It could be gay guys. It yeah. could be straight guys. It could be a straight guy that likes t- Tim Allen, my dad's friend. Or something. <laughs> it could be a, a gay guy. <laughs> show just a gay guy who who asks me what Britney song I love the most. Yep. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that nothing. either, in the yeah. least. But you'd love a surprise. But I love a surprise where I would love to sit down with, you know, on a date and have a discussion about Bob Vila. My yes. friends, you know? like when people find out that I love Elena Kagan, Supreme yeah. Court Justice Elena Kagan, yeah. and I think what, she's the fiercest woman in government. And when uh, when I first met Brent back in New York, he f- mentioned something to me about we were talking about Diane Reem, who's a host on NPR, and he started mentioned her so much. Well, I know podcast. because he emailed me when we became friends, telling me that Diane Reem has the tight quote the tightest pussy, and I was like, oh, I like no, we're I friends. like this because we're yes, friends. We're friends. Yeah. Um, and and subsequently, Alan is the same thing. Like he, what do you say? Your brand, your your oh, the, your I'm body Diane shape Keaton. is is. Oh no, my body, like my naked body, is Kathy Bates playing a very intense trans role. Like he has, a, <laughs> <laughs> but like what I loved about that that. Fake concert lineup is that you look at that and you see like your brain is going into some deep recesses <laughs> and and like and to Brent's point I get so bummed out when somebody is they're just too easy it's too easy the, and well, like, it's the, the Britney buzz, factor well and for also me. people like, would, yeah I mean the song, I, now I'm gonna sound, I'm gonna sound so gross here so I apologize but those Coachella lineups people started doing them all over the internet yeah yep. and so you would see a, a lot of people would they would all tag me in them when they started popping up everywhere and so They're some bad. of them you could see it is it would just be like You're the like, ba- most basics so of basic, basic. yeah and yeah. say, say but, alan sorry yeah. your, uh, it's the britney effect in that like in there's something happened and i think because of the internet and all these things britney became sort of the thing that gay men had to like yeah. you and when i say i don't give a fuck about britney because i don't give a fuck about oh. britney people get like shocked well, yeah. as if like it's a shocking thing for a gay man not to like i do britney. love britney but i also love if 
if if somebody loves Britney, I want them to like love Britney. But don't yes. you think, yeah, they, yeah, of don't you think they love Britney from the perspective? I'm, I'm sorry, I'm talking about gay men here, but don't you think they love Britney from the bizarre perspective of laughing at seeing somebody pilled up, like up on pills, has the you weird know, face surgery? I don't, know, I don't now. think that. I, I think, don't think that. I think. Oh, I, I mean, know. I think when Britney started, she I was just enormously talented. Truly, yeah. like in dance, in terms of dance, I think she also has a, a great way of picking music for her mm-hmm. that works for her. And also, I've known people that have worked with her, and no one's it, uh, universally, even just in industry wide, no one ever says anything bad about Britney. Like yes, she's yeah. so loved. like a very kind person. Well, there's also like a societal thing with it. Like, like for example, gay men aren't genetically predisposed to like Broadway. We mm-hmm. you start to adopt the stereotype yeah. in a way and take strength in the stereotype. Mm-hmm. And if everyone at the bar is singing "Oops, Baby, One Oops, More Time" or whatever, it is. Come on, those songs are so good. If everyone is singing that, you can't help but assimilate to the stereotype because yeah. there's. there's Community yeah, but it. there's also an underdog factor with Britney, too, because yeah. Britney has been at the lowest of lows. That's true. And, and, I mean, talk about nearly dying, yeah. you know, for for America, really. I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. Such a, ooh, yeah. It was like, it's such a sad thing. It's true. But it's, it's true. It's like she was at the lowest of lows. And so it, it, the fact that she was kind of able to pick herself up even just a, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. you know, I think yeah. there's like an underdog factor to be like, I want her to win and uh, couple that with the fact that she just is seemingly so sweet and, yeah. mm-hmm. and also I've no one ever says even artists like if you I go on these YouTube rabbit holes where I'm looking at like has Mary J. Blige talked about Christina Aguilera you know <laughs> right, what I mean like, right, right. you guys have all done it <laughs> yeah, yes. um, but you can look up anyone you could look up artists talking about Britney Spears and p- other artists who normally talk shit about everyone else. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, I know. Ma- Mary J. Blige, for instance, loves Britney Spears, and she'll but she'll wow. be the first to say Christina Aguilera was a bitch, or yeah, Mariah Carey. Mariah Christina. Carey loves yeah. Britney. Like yeah. Mariah Carey is not going to sit and say she never is one to just. She doesn't Mar- know anybody. Mar- Mariah yeah. is the perfect <laughs> example of of feeding into camp by nature. When mm-hmm. she came out, nobody was like, yes, queen. It was like, oh, she's a phenomenal singer in like all black, yeah. has an incredible talent and just eats wor- eats music, is incredible. Now she's this like weird, like pilled up. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, but you I know she's playing the but, part. But also you guys, she also was just, she just came out with her uh, bipolar diagnosis. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. And so I think there's a different lens looking at uh, Mariah now uh, because those kind of moments, those pop culture moments that we all laugh and there's memes and yeah, jokes yeah, yeah. online. Is knowing now we know at that time when she was on TRL and walking with the ice cream cart and mm-hmm. stuff that was the that was when she was first diagnosed yeah. with bipolar. Yeah. So it's like it, it's almost it's an interesting thing going on because we do we look back at that and say well she was obviously meant she's well, mentally it's a strange Ill. journey yeah. still because yeah. you're watching you're watching it's the taste point. for her morph with her bipolar disorder. Yeah. Yeah. It's bizarre. Yeah, yeah. But, and it's the same thing with Britney. I mean, yeah, watching I Britney's so destruction, and we fed on it. Yeah, but yeah, Before, people feed on it. I yeah. love Mar- Mariah's my number one, though. By the way, yeah. like, I, she's my. I, uh-huh. I love her. watching Speak- her. We watched her at New Year's. Yeah. Speaking of number ones, yeah. um, we have culled together some references to ask you if they're iconic or not iconic. Oh you pick and so choose. This is a ridiculously long list. I'm picking and choosing, but um, oh, don't look, don't look, don't look. So again, I don't know what your definition here is of iconic or not iconic and how much irony is attached, but don't even tell okay. us. Yeah. So, so just iconic or not iconic. Exactly. Okay. Olestra. <laughs> iconic. <laughs> uh, Claire McCaskill. Not iconic. <gasps> The lady. Well, I, I, she's yeah, she's like I'll say iconic. <laughs> this is gonna be too, you guys. I'm stressed. I'm gonna be home in my bed tonight. And I'm gonna be like, oh my god, I should have said iconic. <laughs> Natalie Merchant, iconic. Rachel Dolezal, not iconic. Gushers, 
Iconic. Mm-hmm. Carrie Russell. Oh, iconic. She is. Yeah, she the is? haircut, her, the Felicity, all of it. American um, that haircut I'm still surprised world. that nobody <laughs> want no like gay guys don't go crazy for the Americans or her wigs. Why would we yeah. go crazy for the Americans? She wears a lot of wigs. Well, yeah. but that's not why gay people I mean, go crazy. All right, I'm gonna keep going. Okay. Carol Leifer. Iconic. Orlando. Iconic. The city or the singer? The city. The city. Oh. Or the movie. Or Orlando Bloom. Nordic track. I not iconic. Huh. Shares old shampoo commercials. Iconic. Everything Cher does iconic. This is a good one. Mary Lou Henner. Oh, iconic! Is does she know dates? Is she really iconic well? because she has a mem- memory yeah. that only eight people in the world <laughs> that's, have? That's literally what I was thinking. I was like, she knows too much. Costco, what? iconic. A uh, Chumbawamba. Uh, not I- uh, iconic. Because wait, wait, wait. They say Nordic my name. Track <laughs> they say my was name. Not iconic, but Chumbawamba. <laughs> <laughs> they say because they say Danny. They sing Danny a lot. When I was younger, I was like, oh yeah. This is a, this is a tough one. Frankie Grande. Not I- that's not tough at all. Not iconic. Yeah. yeah. And we'll la- we'll end on the jazzling. Oh, iconic. Yeah. Actually, yeah, I, have, I have a very important question. Spice it up. Where does Ashley Simpson fall? Iconic. She's iconic to me. Yeah. She's I love iconic Ashley. to me too. There's something yeah. special about her. I go in YouTube holes with her and I watch her oh, whole series. Oh, me yeah. too. Yeah. I could talk yeah. about that forever, but <laughs> that'll be another podcast. <laughs> Truly, I will come back and talk about Ashley oh Simpson God, for please. hours. And I'm and Rosie. We got. I yeah, got Rosie. we'll do. All of you guys have to yeah. come. Yeah. come Brent, what would you talk about? Enya. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Danny, thank you so much that for doing the podcast. Oh my really, God, that was yeah. really great. That I really hope great everyone listens you. to everything iconic. Everything <laughs> iconic. They should. Plugging thank it. you. And thank follow you. on Instagram. Yes. Thanks, Danny. Thank you, guys. And another thing. Guys, let's talk about denim. <laughs> or I, as I call them, jeans. Uh-huh. But I have been taught by others uh, that it's called denim when we talk oh about God. G- jeans. I, I only wore sweatpants from my entire life until I was in sixth grade. Whoa, and that's whoa, when whoa, I got whoa, my whoa, first whoa, pair whoa, of jeans. Wait, why? Hold up. Why only sweatpants? Hold I, I, up. My mom, my mom was not... She's a really well-dressed woman, but she didn't know how to dress a kid like hip. And so I didn't own jeans until I was in sixth grade, and that's Hold. because I like insisted on getting jeans. Are you? She wasn't against me? it either. It was just like just it was just sweatpants. I was a sweatpant <gasps> guy. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's miraculous. I wore, lot, I wore a lot of sweatpants too as a kid. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't think it's crazy. No, a lot of kids for did. kids to wear sweatpants. Yeah. I don't think it's uh, crazy for kids to wear sweatpants. I think it's crazy for kids <laughs> to only wear sweatpants. <laughs> that's yeah. incredible. I'd never worn khakis. What about your brother? Same uh, thing. My, my brother actually refuses. My brother hasn't worn a pair of jeans, I think, in twenty five years. He I only wears khakis. I'll admit it. I hate really? jeans. It's my favorite. Well, I, I, I think it's only it. good. Jeans are only good if you have a certain type of body. And and jeans from my body, I have such a mushy body that like I put on <laughs> jeans. Honestly, I do. I put on jeans. I mean, people listening will relate. I put on jeans and like. I'll, I'll I'll have a little bit of a muffin top on one side, and not yeah. the other, and like nothing fits properly, and it's just it's the fucking worst. Yeah, I Brent, what about I, I you? Know, what I know you... what you mean. It, 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 if you, if you don't like, I yeah, I feel like I haven't seen you in a lot of jeans. I don't really. Now, you're not a jeans you guy. For I have some I have like two pairs. <laughs> I have two pairs of jeans, and and I mean, well, what I'm wearing, my my, my Michael, my boyfriend made these mm-hmm. jeans. No, nice. But they're like those aren't denim though. They are. Oh. well, no denim. No, see, then this is what he okay. He read this part, and okay. he wanted to correct and say, yeah. denim is technically a color. Denim is the shade of blue that jeans are. Oh, wow. I yeah. literally would never but have known But it's become that. a vernacular thing where denim yeah. is jeans yeah. now. Huh. But, like, technically, it is the shade of the dye that the so jeans are, those, are made. So are those, like, cotton? 
Yeah, it's a cotton blend of of, and mm. that's what jeans are. It's mm. like a cotton. What did he call it? Something did with you a guys tea. What about you, Elliot? Like, like, what do you, what what do you wear? Um, you wear I pretty much jeans. only wear denim yeah, jeans. You wear yeah. only wear jeans. Yeah, I wear like. Uh, well, well, I pretty much he just on- wants to unzip and take his dong out. <laughs> I pretty much wear like ASOS and Levi's. Yeah, and my sister tries to get me to wear like rag and bone, but I don't really like how they look. Yeah, uh-huh. um, well, and- I don't even know what rag and bone yeah. is. No. So speaking of that. Uh, Rag and Bone is a, is like a sort of upscale brand. That's why I don't know. Yeah, it's not like crazy expensive, but it's stupid. Wait, like what the, is not crazy expensive? I mean, it's still stupid. They're like, uh, I don't know, a pair of jeans is like $180. Wow. Which yeah. I think is dumb, but like whatever. But there are jeans that are so expensive. And, and I r- still remember in college, I obviously never gave a shit about jeans. Mm-hmm. And then when I got to college, I was at NYU and all these um, rich, very rich People yeah, were yeah. obsessed with diesel. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah, I remember yeah. that. And I've actually, for the first time, felt like, oh, I need to. I'm, I'm felt like a need to wear a type of jean. Yeah, yeah. And it was so strange. And ultimately, I then I get, then I made a full turn and was like, I don't give a shit. Until I had a boyfriend who, um, <laughs> who sort of took. Uh, what's the right way to put it? Was an asshole. No, no, no. I mean, you know, he was very. Um, Dis- cold, he was cold-hearted. No, he had he he was <laughs> he was he, he he was gay in a way that I just wasn't, and yeah. seemed to have access to taste and styles I, and stuff. I, re- I yeah, remember yeah, this, this guy, and uh, I re- I remember uh, you dated this guy for many years, and he's fundamentally a good person, of course. Yeah, but I, I mean, remember still chatting a- with him once. I had known him for years, and then I found out years into our. I'll, I'll put friendship in quotes. <laughs> Years into our friendship, that his his number one dream was to open up a <laughs> jean store, a denim store, in yeah. a, like a boutique. And I was like, I can't believe this hasn't come up yet. So I start peppering him with questions about it. Because I kept it. it a secret. Yeah, but, but because it's, yeah, because he's a, a, a block of vanilla. But um, so, but I start, so I started peppering him with questions about it, and I was like, so what? What will make your store different? Like, well, he what, said, yeah. how will your boutique be right? Like, unlike a nut, like Levi's or whatever. And I just couldn't believe this was from someone whose number one dream it was to open up a jean store. His answer was, I don't know, but trust me, it'll be different. Right, the denim will be the different. Den- the denim will be different. I remember being like, "This is your dream." Well, man. that's a bummer. Like, you have to understand too that this was. <laughs> Tell me the lighting. You'll get different light bulbs or black lights. I, I mean, who fucking cares? I, like, I don't, just- I don't. I just remember like his. You know, he had a he had a real. Um, he wanted to open up a boutique that was fashion forward for men. Yeah, that's great. I, yeah, I was like, I mean, that, that's not the problem. Yeah, no, that's not the problem. It was the. It was the desire. It was the the freeness with which he told you that it was going to be quote really special denim, but couldn't explain what that meant. What that yeah, meant. yeah, that was a real bummer. That's like when you. That's like when the person running for president is asked, "So why are you running for president?" And they're like, "Well, oh, I because just, I believe I in our believe country." Right. Yeah, like well, that's like the question. I want. I think the change. most. I was thinking about this. The most expensive pair of jeans that I have ever purchased um, was probably like seventy dollars from like yeah. the Levi store. Like I, I, I'm not. I don't. Don't spend money on clothes. I don't I like spending money on clothes. It's just not my thing. Yeah, yeah, I know. I see. I hear. I hear people spending like 180 dollars on a pair of jeans, and I'm sure it's a great pair of jeans. It's not. To me, I'm just Stupid. like that's a fucking waste of it's, money. I agree with you. It is a waste of money, and that's what. And that's I because there's always going to be a mirror that makes me look like a fucking idiot in whatever I'm wearing. Yeah. So like, why would I? Spend so you dress a quite well. 
well, thank you. I think I dress fine, but like it's even even my best shirt. I'm still like, man, I look so good today. And I go to the gym and I'm walking into the locker room and I'm like, who is this this reptilian beast? <laughs> yeah. That I'm looking at, like, You're not a how is it possible? Beast. I look so bizarre. I will say, don't look I don't. Bizarre. I don't like there for years, and I still struggle with this. There's this sort of like perception that if you're a man, especially a gay man, but I think in any gender, it's a gendered thing. Clothes are so gendered to a point where like you are supposed to dress in one particular way. You're supposed mm. to wear jeans and a t-shirt, or you know, the certain thing, and it's like. I don't. I definitely do not feel comfortable in jeans and a t-shirt. That is my least comfortable outfit to wear. I. I don't. I like oh, layers. I like smocks. I, I, yes. <laughs> I, if I could wear like a onesie or something, I would feel so comfortable in yeah. a romper because it's like it's. I don't. I don't like that forced nature of like yeah. the costume we're supposed to wear. It yeah. just feels so forced Oppressive. and. Yeah, it does in a way because like I've never felt comfortable like that. Yeah. So that's yeah. why I wear the layers and that's why I wear the the slacks and the yeah. whatever. Well, let me ask you one final question regarding denim. Yeah. Have you have either of you ever worn a denim capri? No, I've never like a Bermuda worn. short capri. I think I'm wearing that now. <laughs> these these are jeans. Those these don't read as capris to and, me. And they they. I'm end talking about right my gram- do, you, do you love capris? I just think they're the funniest thing when men were like, <laughs> "I'm wearing capris," and it was like everybody needs to wear capris. <laughs> was like, Why? I really think that's what I'm wearing. I remember my my uncle wore capris, um, and it was a a look. Yeah. And my grandma, who was very protective of him, said. Lots of men wear clam diggers. What would your aunt say? Brent, what would your aunt Ramona say about something She's we like, heard in the podcast? Would, would you consider me iconic? <laughs> <laughs> I'd say, no, bitch, get out of my face. You'd call her a bitch? No. No, not to her face. Well, not to her face, but I do, yeah. My aunt would so say... You're voting for Trump. Yeah, that's true. My aunt would probably defend my uncle and be like, he looks good in clam diggers. Yeah. <laughs> my Aunt Anne would probably go into a lengthy description about how a man looked at her, a young man looked at her at the grocery store, <laughs> and she's now a cougar. And <laughs> is that the same as a twink? <laughs> well, that was a good one. That's I great. Like that. That, was my, that was one of my favorites so well, far. Well, thanks for listening. I'm Elliot Glazer. Only 12 episodes in, and I'm Brent <laughs> Sullivan. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm H. Allen Scott. <laughs>